Hello and welcome to another episode of Gardening for Nature. In this episode we'll talk about how to create habitat for creatures by piling up logs and branches that have fallen from trees. And don't worry, this can look good. Honest. And I'll be talking to Katie South from the charity Prickles and Paws about all things hedgehog. So stay with us and I hope you can enjoy a little more Gardening for Nature. There's a theory that trees evolved to lose their leaves during the winter months so that they wouldn't catch as much wind in the canopy and therefore there'd be less damage to the tree during the winter months. Well, at the moment I'm not really convinced with that. I'm in a woodland area where these two great big limbs have come down. One's on an old oak tree and the other is off an old sycamore. I mean, particularly the sycamore is, is everywhere. It's taken out a few rhododendrons in this garden as well, which is a real shame. I'm sure they'll come back. My job, and it's a big job, is to clear the pathways. I can do this several ways. I could burn it. I could put it into a chipper. Or I could create brash piles just out of the way in the woodland. And that's the option I'm going for because we are too tidy in the garden and we have less habitat then for wildlife. Lots of things live in rotting wood. So a log pile or a brash pile is so important for nature. There's fungi in there which break things down and make it accessible to certain beetles. There's loads and loads of different types of insects. Obviously slugs and snails will go in there. So you get the amphibians going in there to munch away on them and to live in there in the damp areas. And then you get the birds coming to eat things like the insects that live in the log piles. I quite often see wrens on log piles that I've created before. Now, you might not think it's a nice thing to have some rotting logs and twigs in your garden, but you can make it decorative, believe it or not. What you can do, you can put it neatly in one corner to rot away and then plant round it and make your garden like a woodland thing, give it like a woodland look. And as the fungi and mosses grow on the logs, it can really look quite attractive. Plant Matusia ferns, the shuttlecock ferns and, and other sort of ferns around the log pile. And then you've got things like hostas you can put there as well with the decorative foliage. It'll detract from the untidiness of the log pile and actually make it look like a feature. I've been told of a story many years ago of the Jackman's nursery and they had they grew clematis and some trees, tree limbs or brash had fallen down on top of their clematis and they'd forgotten about it and left it. The clematis actually grew through the brash and it looked really attractive because you can imagine this pile of twigs with all the clematis come through just bubbling with flowers. So, Again, that's something else you could try in your garden as well. It doesn't have to be clematis, it can be other plants that you can plant underneath the brash pile or to the side and it can grow over it. Don't just chuck it away. Put it on one side for nature and then try and make a feature out of it. Yes, log piles can help a great deal for nature. And as said, fungi, beetles and their larvae, insects, amphibians and invertebrates will live there quite happily. I've even seen butterflies basking in the sun on these piles. A decorative pile can be attractive and very beneficial to wildlife. And as mentioned, these piles don't have to look untidy. They can actually look quite attractive planted around and as I said there with the clematis or something coming through. The main thing to remember is 
a pile of logs isn't going to cost much money. Now we've mentioned the insects and beetles that live on the log piles and these creatures are of course food for the bigger animals including one of my favourites, the good old hedgehog. I'm sure you're aware that hedgehogs have massively declined over the last few decades and we're not entirely sure why. The largest issue that comes up again and again is habitat loss. This is a serious problem and this is where us gardeners can come in. An attractive, thoughtfully planted garden will help with this all-important hedgehog living space. And if you do it right, you might get your own little hedgehog family moving in. Lovely! During 2020, I met up with Katie South from the Cornish hedgehog charity Prickles and Paws. And to my great delight, one of the first things she showed me was a wildlife garden she created at her house. Of course, there was particular attention to attracting our prickly, snuffling, bug-eating friends, the hedgehog. First lockdown, we were inspired by all the sort of what, what can you do in your garden. Yeah. So yeah. This used to be um, my mum's veg patch, right. um, but it kind of just became a bit too much work, so we've created a wildlife area. Um, so it's fenced in because we've got a couple of dogs, so we don't want the dogs sitting in there, mm -hmm. and it's a nice okay. area left alone but it's got plenty of gaps and big enough gaps for the hedgehogs to come in and out. We had to get making our very own wildlife pond. It's nice and shallow, hedgehogs can get out of it, so mm -hmm. hedgehogs are fantastic swimmers. Are um, they? Really, really good swimmers. Right. We do hydrotherapy with a lot of owls that have injuries to sort of build up strength in hind legs and things like that. <laughs> if you look over and through, we've got a couple of hedgehog boxes. So yeah. we cite them back, so they're nice. Um, okay, so they, do they have like little sections in them? Yeah, so we can go in and have a look. Okay, go on. So we've got a couple of different designs. These boxes are fairly old now, but we tend to favour the boxes that have this sort of internal tunnel mm -hmm. because it helps. So this one hasn't been used in quite a while now. Yeah. Um, probably needs a bit of a clean out. But by having an internal tunnel, it removes drafts, it keeps it a bit bit warmer and it also will stop other things going in so other predators cats and, things. and things like that mm -hmm. they won't weave in and out moving along we've got the leaves here as well we've got leaf mold sort of developing here and this is for the hedgehogs yeah so um it was initially sort of all swept off our decking because we found the decking was we didn't want the decking to start to rot or anything like that so mm -hmm. we know that people have to keep tidy gardens to some extent but actually leaving wild areas like this is perfect. And when we started putting the leaf piles in, we could actually watch our wild hedgehogs at night carrying the nesting material and taking it back into the boxes we've got here. Now it's all wet, um, it's become a perfect foraging ground for them. Yeah. Um, lots of bugs, lots of beetles, mm. all sorts for them. Did you hear that about the hedgehog hydrotherapy? I guarantee we'll be talking about that more later. But listening to Kate there, we now know how important it is to make it easy for hedgehogs to move around safely in the garden. Shrubby covered areas that they feel safe to roam around in, garden netting and tangly obstacles lifted up out of their way so they don't get hooked up and tangled up in it, are all very important. However, how can they get into your garden? Well, if you're not getting visitors and you know hedgehogs are around, it might be as simple as a hog-sized hole in your fence. With a small hole cut into the bottom of your fence, the little creatures can walk in and out. Not only that, a small hole in the fence lets hedgehogs meet hedgehog. This is particularly important during the breeding time. A hedgehog-sized gap in a fence helps Mr H meet Mrs H. Now we're talking about hedgehog love. 
The hedgehog courtship has been known to last as long as two hours, but on average it is about one. The male does the wooing, which involves a great deal of snorting, snuffling and circling around the female, only to occasionally stop momentarily to fend off another male who might turn up on the scene. But as soon as any interloper has been dealt with, the process will continue. If the male is successful and has adequately impressed the female, she will submit and the mating can take place. This, of course, is done very carefully. Well, away from that, people love to feed their hedgehog visitors. And while walking through Katie's hedgehog-friendly garden, we came across another box with an entrance that was slightly obscured by a rock. Katie explained to me that this was an easy-to-make hog feeding station. We've got a feeding station over here. You can make them quite easily out of upturned stacker boxes. So the yep. same principle, imagine sort of a clear stacker box. You cut an arc in the side and then we put a bowl there each night. And we put this in front of it to try and stop cats. So with the bigger station, the feeding station, you could put another one on the inside. Mm -hmm. The hedgehog will weave in and out and cats usually don't like to weave. Mm. So of course, the cats would be interested because it's meat that you should be feeding hedgehogs, not bread yeah. and milk. Yeah, so yeah. hedgehogs are lactose intolerant, so we, we feed in this one dry cat biscuits, but you could also put wet cat or dog food down as well. Different hedgehogs prefer different, so just, it's just a case of trying and seeing what yours like. We now know how to make the garden a little bit more hedgehog friendly. By feeding them the right foods, and by not tidying things up so much in the garden so that the hedgehog can find its own shelter and food. But on the other hand, we also need to keep things tidy. And by this I mean we must take away our rubbish. Katie explained to me that at Prickles and Paws, hedgehogs have been brought in with all sorts of injuries from litter they had come across. Cable ties, plastic bags, crisp packets, face masks, cans, plastic can rings and glass are all hazardous to our little creatures. All we need to do is pick up after ourselves. Unfortunately, they see these injuries all the time at Prickles and Paws, but when the animals start to recover, Katie treats them to some hydrotherapy. This is done in a child's paddling pool. Apparently, they're good swimmers. Hedgehogs are fantastic swimmers and it's really difficult to do physio on them. They mm. can curl into a tight ball, which means you can't do any kind of massage. Um, so, sort of assisting them walking, placing the foot in the right place, there's none of that. You can't do any of the physio you do on a cat or a dog. However, in the water, they can't curl. They have to uncurl, which mm. means you can massage them, you can manipulate them. We've had, we sort of developed it when we had a few with um, sort of nerve damage and uh, leg injuries from being entangled in netting and things like that. Mm. And then this year we put it to use with first bionic hedgehogs we've had, as we called them, where okay. they had pins put in legs to heal fractures. So yeah. we teamed up with A30 referrals um, at Pamelon and Phil did some very technical surgeries to pin fractures. Oh, um, and right. we then went through the rehab process of hydrotherapy, building up muscle mass and things like that. It's Bless them. Brilliant. You can probably see that where the dirt is, you've got the wear from, we put rubber mats, so just rubber yeah. floor mats on the bottom, which gives them a bit more grip. And as we lower the water level, they start to weight bear more and we can sort of judge how they're positioning. And Well, there you go. If you want to massage a hedgehog, get yourself a paddling pool.
Now, Katie was explaining there that they're really good swimmers. Well, that may be so. However, a steep-sided pond, if they fall in that, they can swim, but they can't get out. And the poor little guys will get tired and eventually drown. So Katie also mentioned what we should do with our ponds. So yeah, they're great swimmers, but yeah. in a normal pond, they would struggle to get over the plastic lip mm. and the edges. So it's I about mean, making ramps or making them so shallow they can step out. Yeah. So as Katie says, we need to make sure that any pond or water feature in our garden is made hedgehog safe, something they can climb out of. So if you're considering putting a pond or water feature in your garden or already have one, here's a few things to think about. Firstly, if you're designing a new pond, make one with sloped sides, shallow sides, something the hedgehog can easily climb out of. If you have an existing pond with steep sides, perhaps construct a ramp or something out of chicken wire so that they can climb out. And remember, hedgehogs will be attracted to water because they want to have a drink. So any kind of water feature will need to be looked at to make sure it is hog safe. Do a little research, there's loads of advice online and in books. My visit to Prickles and Paws was December 2020 and after walking around Katie's garden we went in to look at the hedgehogs that she was caring for. Now I was quite surprised because as I said this is December, this is the winter and the hedgehogs all seem very active. Why was that? They should be hibernating. So Katie and I discussed this and the subject went on to climate change. Yeah, so cl climate change is definitely having an impact. I mean, Cornwall is quite different to the rest of the UK. So a lot of other rescues, we our release weights are when we will continue releasing is very different to the rest of the country because we just have so much milder temperatures and especially being coastal, we don't get a lot half as much frost mm. um, and things like that. So we do winter releases. Most rescues will, but it's under sort of strict conditions so we, we look for the right weather window and they're mm. released with um with an s box and a feeding station and sort of supportive feeding for the first week mm -hmm. um but last year we didn't have any hibernate until january most that we had on site didn't show any signs of wanting to hibernate until we had the snow in march and we had quite a lot that didn't hibernate at all and you would you would associate march really end of march and coming out of hibernation yeah that that sort of snow caught us a bit yeah. <laughs> unexpected last mm -hmm. year but yes it's certainly having having some effects and I don't think we really know what those effects are we know they're not hibernating but if you read all the textbooks and you look at all the published sort of scientific papers out there hibernation is a physiological process that causes lots of changes within their body so it changes hormone levels right um, males will generally enter hibernation earlier and wake up earlier than females the males wake up yeah. they put on weight and then as soon as mm. the females wake up it's breeding season no one's really studied yet if a hedgehog doesn't hibernate what happens with those yeah. hormone cycles and how yeah. it affects behavior or right. whether it whether it does so talking to Katie there, it's obvious that we have so much more to learn about these little creatures. Little animals that have been running around with us for hundreds of years. Now I said earlier on that they're on the decline and the statistics are actually quite frightening. Now during the 1950s it was estimated that there were around 30 million snuffling around in our gardens and countryside. Pre-pandemic a large decline had been observed and it is thought that there could be less than a million. A hog-friendly garden is a perfect place for them to live, eat, play and bring up their young. Honestly, 
us gardeners can make a difference. It's a big thank you from me to Katie from Prickles and Paws for showing me around her hedgehog friendly garden and also teaching me a little bit more about the hedgehog. Now Prickles and Paws is a charity and they need our support. So why not look up their website which is www.pricklesandpaws.org So that's www.pricklesandpaws.org You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. They do an awful lot for hedgehogs and they need our help. I will finish in saying thank you for joining me on another episode of Gardening for Nature. Next time I'll be talking about ponds. And these, of course, will have sloped sides that hedgehogs can climb out of. See you soon.